Here we go. Episode 261, Open the Books to Mac, part of the Wise Guys series. We continue to go down the journey of the Lucchese crime family. But this time we're going to cross the George Washington Bridge from New York to New Jersey. How to get in contact with us? It's real easy, RaiderCop.com. You can hear all our episodes, podcasts, from number one to number 261 and beyond. And the official website, RaiderCopNation.com, you can actually get more information, upcoming shows, who these guys are, and almost everything else you want. And of course, of course, you can hear this podcast wherever you get your podcast. We're, we're everywhere. Look us up. You'll find us. Now, you know, we're always saying how important it is to get gun training, and it is. Our gun series is coming up next week. And looking forward to the interview that we had with AAA Gun Safety. But one of the things that you need in today's environment of a concealed carry holder is good protection. You know, getting the gun, getting the holster, putting the appropriate rounds in the weapon, training with it. They're all good elements. But a lot of people are forgetting the last element, and that is, God forbid, you got to take that gun out of the holster you're going to need protection and representation after the event. As such, I recommend the USCCA and uh, their wealth of information as far as training resource as well. Not only do you get, you know, the bonded attorney to represent you and all this other stuff, you got like almost six, seven, eight hundred thousand, I don't know the exact number of members standing behind you. So the USCCA is definitely something you need to look into. And if you don't want to use that, you can use any other ones, uh, Legal Shield or the NRA. But it, it would be a smart move. It would make you a well-rounded Second Amendment person. So... That's my uh, two cents. Gun training in the Philadelphia, New Jersey area. Kilo Sierra's your guy. He is listed down on the bottom of the show notes, different courses that he's offering. And if you're in South Florida, AAA, AAA, gunsafety.com. You can look them up. You will not be disappointed. And if you're in the Central Florida or West Coastal Florida, you can drop me a line on RaiderCopNation.com where it says contact. And if you're not in my neck of the woods, I will find you a good firearms instructor. And of course, lastly, if you're looking to fix your gun, I know the guy that took care of me for many, many years down in Miami, Pistol Pete the Gunsmith today is retired and has a booming business where he fixes 
and makes old guns look new. You won't even recognize it. The specs high caliber. That thing will definitely do what it was built to do if Pistol Pete the gunsmith had anything to do with it. So you don't live in Miami and you really don't care, but it's so easy to send Pistol Pete the gun. Call him. His information is down in the show notes. He'll go over the specifications about your gun, how to send it to him, and how you're going to get it back. Believe me, you're not going to recognize it when it comes back, and it's guaranteed. So look into that. Today's episode 261, open the books uh, to Mac. We are crossing the bridge from New York to New Jersey as we enter the Lucchese crime family in New Jersey. And we're going to talk about Tumac. Tumac started very early in the Lucchese crime family as an associate, and he would do the majority of his time as an associate because the books to make new members was locked, sealed, closed. And Tumac had to wait almost over 25 years to get in. But we'll discuss that and much more. Of course, we got to get to the three sad story of Uncle Joe at Pennsylvania Avenue, 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, in living in the Bolshevik states of woke. And we've got the three stories all lined up for you. Uh, One of them is going to be wrapped up in one sentence. The other one's going to talk about how a terrorist group is candid and professional. And the last one will have a hater hating people from the continent of Europe. So let's not wait any longer and start off with our bipolar uncle at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. Tasha called the servants of the mental with her bipolar uncle, bipolar. Our first story takes us to Uncle Joe, and we can wrap this all up in one sentence. That's right, our friends over in the media have made it much more easier. And what's even more surprising, that this is an article from CNN Politics. And it says one sentence that sums up Joe Biden's mounting political problems. Basically, it says this. When people cast a vote for president, they are hoping something, sometimes, against hope that the person they have picked will do the things to make their lives better. Unfortunately, folks, this administration makes America's lives a living hell. Every time they stand at a podium, it's either to lie, to tell you about the catastrophe, or to tell you how they're going to repress and take away your freedom. It's one bad story after another, and a whole lot of Americans are starting to regret if they actually voted for this catastrophe in the White House. But a 
lot of people that did, but very quietly recognizing they made a huge mistake. Our second story takes us to officials in the Biden administration that have said that the Taliban in Afghanistan, you remember that, the recent debacle in military history where we have left our enemy, Taliban terrorist, $86 billion in weaponry. Well, State Department officials are saying that in the negotiation talks with the Taliban, that they are candid and professional. Isn't it welcoming and make you feel a lot better that your government thinks the world of the people they're negotiating with, even though they're a bunch of terrorists? But the good thing is they are candid and they are professional. Part of the negotiation is to send humanitarian aid to Afghanistan, even though we've given them $86 billion in weaponry. Now, supposedly the government that Uncle Joe doesn't recognize is going to send monies for humanitarian reasons to the government they don't recognize. You can't make this stuff up, folks. It's happening in living color. And lastly, our third story takes us to Queen Camilla as she continues her campaign of hate. You remember how she kind of nodded and agreed and gave the little twinkle eye to the anti-Semite recently in, in, in one of the schools that she visited. Now, she's hating on Europeans. Basically, Camilla is blaming Europeans for the evilness that they've done in this country. Camilla Harris denounces European explorers for ushering in a wave of devastation for Native Americans. Now, I don't know if Camilla is really up on her game on the History Channel, but let's remove the European explorers that came to this country, not to mention Christopher Columbus, which is one of the huge leftist liberal ones. They they hate that. That's the only immigrant that they hate. Christopher Columbus. And he was Italian. Of course, he was flying the Spanish flag. So, basically, she's talking about even the English came a little bit later. I like how when I went to school, they tell you, Christopher Columbus discovered America in 1492. And then the pilgrims landed. What the, what the hell happened in the middle? Well, never, I, they never told you about that. Anyway, back to Camilla and her hating. She's denouncing Europeans because look what they've done to these poor Indians. But again, we don't know if Camilla's up on her game that Indians were enslaving 
other Indians and killing and massacring other Indian tribes. That's right, Indian on Indian crime was happening before these ugly Europeans arrived. But don't let facts get in the way of any liberal or leftist. That wraps up our three stories of the miserable living in the Bolshevik states of woke under this catastrophe in the White House. Music's playing, hips are moving. You're getting into the swing of things as I prepare you for today's joke, one that I've picked myself. I don't know, but we're in allergy season, so it's important that you reach out to your doctor. So this is an actual doctor joke because it's going to make you feel good. Here we go. Doctor says to his patient, okay, so this is a doctor talking to his patient. Doctor says, you're obese. Patient says, for that I want a second opinion. So the doctor says, and you're ugly too. You didn't make it, you didn't make your appointment to see the doctor and you want to be mad at me now. Today's episode 261, open the books tarmac. Part of, part of the Lucchese crime family. We are going to ex- explore. This is an interesting story for the people that love the Wise Guys series because here's a guy that was an associate. And for those that are not really up to speed on their mafia jargon, an associate is the entry level position in the mafia. Uh, you don't have the power of the statute as the other rankings as an associate, you are reporting most likely to a made member or a soldier. You could be responding or reporting to a captain as well. But anyway, there's associate, there's soldier or made member, and they made members, of course, inducted taken an oath of secrecy, part of Costa Nostra, and have the power of Costa Nostra with them. The position over those made men, soldiers, is capo, capo, capo regime, or captain. And they are responsible usually between 10, sometimes 12, sometimes even a little bit more, Soldiers in each crew. And, of course, you have the boss, the underboss, and the consigliere. But for now, we're talking about Tumac. And Tumac, as an associate, he spent the majority of his career with the Lucchese crime family. Interesting story, and we're going to dive into that and, uh, and talk a little bit of what's coming in the uh, Lucchese crime family as we continue the Wise Guy series. So, well, as we're waiting for the clown to go around and drag something else or click or hit or blow up, uh, we'll wait for... Jeez. Okay, he's ready.
All right, boys and girls, take out your crayons and your cardboard boxes. Let's follow the outline for episode 261, Open the Books to Mac, part of the Wise Guys series, as we continue to explore the Lucchese crime family. The outline format, we've got eight items on the board. First one is, who's to Mac? Second one is, his start. Third, waiting to be made. Four, capo. First day on the job. Five, old school. Six, Jersey. Seven, moved in. And eight, bye-bye, Tony Ducks. That's our outline, and we're going to follow that and give you a story about Tumac. A made member, and he was he reached the rank of capo, running the Jersey, New Jersey rackets for the Lucchese crime family. So, our first outline says, "Who's Tumac?" And let's answer that. Well, his name is Anthony Tumac. Was his nickname? Asatero. He was born in 1938 in Orange, Orange City, New Jersey. It was a little township in New Jersey, in Excess County. Uh, Tumac would drop out of school at the sixth grade. Sixth grade said, okay, this is good enough for me. I'll be getting off the school bus. I got a crime organization to run. He, later on, as he becomes a teenager, he would move with relatives to Newark, New Jersey. So he'd go from this little township in Orange City, New Jersey, and as a teenager, 15, 16, whatever he was, he moves into Newark, New Jersey, and he's got some real good leadership skills. So one of the things he does is he starts running with a gang called the West Side back in the 50s and 60s and young Tumac becomes the leader of the West Side with a pretty big uh, gang membership of 50 to 60 people. It's the beginning of Tumac's rind in criminal in criminal organizations. When he was uh, 17, he was noticed by wise guys, and especially in the Lucchese crime family, and a soldier in the Lucchese crime family by the name of Anthony, a lot of Antonys in the Lucchese crime family, Anthony Ham Dolosko, he was a soldier. He ran the numbers games in Newark, and he liked Tumac, brought him in, and as a result, started teaching him the racket. Tumac would go on to learn everything there was to learn in illegal gambling and loan sharking from his mentor, Anthony Ham Dolosko. Now, we talked about his start, 
young, he's 17, he just met, this is his mentor, Dolasco, and he's entering now the world from gang life as a kid to money. He's making actual real money, and he's learning how the operation rolls. He's a quick learner. He's quick on his feet. And he's liked. So, Tumac has positioned himself in a good position. So, where did he get this nickname, Tumac? Tumac, which was the nickname that was given to him, was that he resembled the actor in a 1940 movie called Tumac. Well, actually, the movie was called One Million B.C., and it, the caveman in the movie was named Tumac. And he resembled the actor, so, well, in Costa Nostra and gang life and organized crime, have a funny face, get a funny name, and uh, Tumac was born. So we, we looked at that. Now we're going to look at, as he enters the Lucchese crime family, he starts to get a bigger and bigger role. First in, in uh, gambling, then he starts getting into bookmaking, and eventually he's going to go into the bigger rackets as he starts to learn and progress. He will eventually end up being a loan shark, giving out money with huge, huge interest. Very similar to the banks that we have today. If you have a credit card, yeah, pretty much same thing. But, you know, the lingo's a little different. So, you know, it's not like statement day, closing date. They don't have those things in Costa Nostra. So, he goes on and he eventually, his mentor, right, well, Anthony Ham Dolasco will pass away in the 1960s. He had placed Tumac underneath him. He was so good with the numbers that after his mentor passed away, he just continued, you know, doing the day-to-day operations. Tumac was well-respected amongst made members in the Lucchese crime family for being loyal, intelligent, smart, an earner, never gave a problem. And as such, when the main member got put out of the way, Tumac fell right into place, continuing the operation, never lost a beat. Sacks of money continued to go up the ladder. And they, bosses on the top, were so happy they didn't want to disturb anything. And they wouldn't. See, because young Tumac would wait until 1976 to get inducted in the Costa Nostra and in this case, the Lucchese crime family. He would wait part of the 50s, the 60s, and into six years into 1970s to get made 
but he never lost his authority and his position in that huge gambling operation, loan sharking operation that was in New Jersey. The bosses of the Lucchese crime family were totally fine with it. Now, written record of Tony Ducks Corallo approving a lot of his stuff. Of course, we know that prior to Tony Ducks was was uh, Tommy Lucchese and Tremonti, but uh, there's no understanding or anything written or any testimony that they were um, even knew Tumac. I'm sure uh, they were around. And remember, Tommy Lucchese dies in 67, so, but neither here nor there. But in 76, his mentor, uh, long gone now, another soldier in the Lucchese crime family tells him, look sharp, <coughs> I'm going to pick you up, and we're going to take a little car drive into New York City where you're going to meet Tony Duck Corallo. And he does all that. It's his induction ceremony. He was inducted by Tony Ducks. And, you know, he did the bit with the knife and the, the blood and the burning saint and took the oath that if he betrays the family, burn like the saint and all this other nonsense. But the bottom line is, is he, there's where he becomes a made member. No sooner than that happened. Now remember, he'd been involved in these number games and loan sharking since the 50s. And now it's 76. And he finally got made. So it was a joyous moment for Anthony Tumac Asatero that he had finally arrived. Now, once this transformation, the induction actually happens, he's in charge. I mean, I'm, I'm, he's like really in charge because he's a couple. So these are historical moments. A An associate that runs a operation in a given locale, in this case, the state of New Jersey, that is not a main member and runs it for many, many years and does a good job and he's recognized by the bosses. Since he's recognized by the bosses, he has some type of clout, power. Now, I know my Costa Nostra experts on the couch will say he was just an associate. He wasn't no power behind. There were other made men there. Yeah, they were. They were. But the in and outs of the operation, they might have not known like Tumac did. And the bosses, and in this case, Tony Ducks, he didn't give two hoots what they thought. All Tony Ducks wanted was the same flow of money going upwards, okay? He didn't give a crap who took orders from who. Make sure the envelopes get here. So, we continue to go into 
of the outline and we're up to old school. Now remember that Tumac had, you know, he was bred in the Lucchese crime family by old timers. And we, we spoke about him, Dolasco, and he was an old timer, brought him in, reared him in. There was also the boss of the New Jersey faction, Abate, and uh, he had been there since the beginning of time. And these were people that Tumac would look up to. They, they were like big athletic stars. You know, as a kid, you, you look, you go, I want to be like Mickey Mantle. Or I want to be like uh, uh, Joe Namath. Or, or I want to be like uh, uh, Clyde Frazier. Boy, am I going? Am I, am I dating myself or what? From the New York Knickerbockers. And, but in Tumac's neighborhood, it, in, in Newark, New Jersey, he wanted to be like the gangsters. They were bigger than baseball cards. So these are the people that were meant to him. You are on a need to know basis. They weren't going to tell you any much anything more than you needed to know so because Tumac was in the rackets of gambling and loan sharking he learned that business inside out back and forth like the back of his hand now anything else in the coastal nose might have not known too good because the old timers would only tell you what you needed to know and not a word extra. Today, they're probably little sh- chatterboxes, but not not with the old school crowd. So he's controlling Jersey for the Lucchese crime family. Now, who's in New Jersey? Well, all the five families are there. The Pinanos have interest there. The Columbos have an interest in New Jersey, too. Remember that uh, Joe Provacci's son uh, moved to New Jersey. So they're well representative, represented. The Genovese crime family has always been represented in uh, Jersey. They've had uh, their consulary, Manna, Bobby Manna, came from New Jersey, as well as others. So, and the Gambino family as well had an influence. So everybody's operating out of Jersey they weren't like the devil the, the Cavagante family that came from New Jersey they actually are from there they have a very small piece of territory of the state that they should be running but New Jersey is considered an open state where the five families can dwell in the state as well as Philadelphia because Philadelphia has uh, been known to cross the bridge every so often remember that uh, Nicky Scarfo his uh, his headquarters was in Atlantic City and that is in New Jersey too so New Jersey was an open state for Costa Nostra and uh, 
the Lucchese crime family had a representative in there that, of course, took care of business. The Lucchese crime family would have up to 20 made members in New Jersey, about 100 associates that were in there. Uh, it got to the point that they were making money, but not everything was money. It was the New Jersey faction of the Lucchese crime family was a flag to Tony Ducks. Wasn't necessarily interested in bags of money. Now you might say, well, how can he not be interested in money? Well, he was, but he wanted to keep the money that they were earning right where they were because expansion was always in the horizon for Tony Ducks in Jersey. So having that money come to New York where your people are in actually Jersey. So it got to the point that Tony Ducks was asking because they had to pay a tribute that he would basically say, yeah, just get 10,000, give me 10,000 for the year. I mean, they're running a huge operation. So 10,000, geez, they got off easy on that one. <coughs> and, uh, excuse me, I'm, I'm, I'm getting over, uh, Allergies. This is a freaking allergies. We I didn't have it last year because we were too busy with Corona. But now, oh, oh the allergy. Getting over it though. I'm I'm fine. So moving in. We're on section uh, number seven of our outline. Moving in. 1981. The Philadelphia crime family would have a little hiccup as their leader was uh, Bruno was killed, assassinated, removed from the operation, causing the Philadelphia mob or the Bruno family to go into a tailspin. Now, all good mafiosos that are smart and intelligent know that when that havoc happens in another family, that's a great opportunity to move on in because they're not really collecting and doing their day-to-day -day operations because if they're shooting bosses and killing bosses, that means there's some type of war. And if there's some type of war, well, I'm not really going to be seen out in the street. And while that is going on and they're busy, other crime families will start moving in. The Lucchese crime family is one of those under the leadership of Tumac and the wink and the nod of Tony Ducks, the Lucchese's almost hit Philadelphia. Now, we know today that there is a huge bond between the Philadelphia crime family and the Lucchese crime family. An example of that is the son of Nicky Scarfo, Nicky Scarfo Jr., when... Uh, daddy got put away in prison. He didn't want his son out in the street without being made, but he couldn't trust the Philadelphia family and keeping his son alive. He had enough connections in the Lucchese crime family, Nicky Scarfo, that he asked that his son be made in the Lucchese crime family. They, uh, fulfilled that wish for Nicky Scarfo Sr. by making 
Nicky Scarfo Jr., which today is a main member in the Lucchese crime family. So, but they moved in. They branched out. And uh, again, the tribute that was asked to kick up $10,000 a year to the boss. That's it. Everything else stayed right where it was. And we get to our last section on our outline that says, bye-bye, Tony Ducks. And this is where it becomes a little bit more tragic for Tumac. Tumac followed orders, was loyal, knew the business, never cheated on an envelope, and became very wealthy and respected in Costa Nostra and powerful. He got to run the entire New Jersey operation for that family. In the 1970s, he actually moves to Hollywood, Florida to dodge the attention of New Jersey law enforcement. Out of sight, out of mind, the operation that he was supervising was on autopilot. That's how good he had it working that he could live in Hollywood, Florida. And he did. He lived down there for a long, long time. Tony Ducks was was happy with the fact that he was living in Florida, didn't really care, didn't bother him. He was still supervising the operation. And Tony's 10,000 a year going straight to him. But the problem would happen after the commission case. And we know that the commission case started in 1986. In 87, they are, I believe it's January of 87, they are officially uh, found guilty and given sentences. And it would not go well for any of the families. Of course, Lucchese crime family was in the commission case. As Tony Ducks would be handed out 100-year sentence. So it was a difficult time for Tony Ducks. He had to make a lot of big secession plans, but he left Tumac in charge. Tony Ducks' concern was more with the entire operation, and we discussed in the last episode that the issue with Longono, whether Tony Ducks really wanted him or not, we'll never know. But at the bottom of this case file, we can see that uh, uh, Vic Omuso and Gaspipe killed Longano, and not much was said by Tony Ducks or the commission as a result of that. That's kind of strange because if that was an unauthorized hit, people would get pissed, right? Somebody's head will roll, but nothing happened. That means it was sanctioned. So we look at how the new administration is going to come in after the 100-year sentence for the administration of the Lucchese crime family. And here comes the short bus, the dysfunctional crew, and Vic Amuso and Anthony Gaspipe Casio, they are going to wreck this criminal 
organization to the ground. And one of the first things that they did was they wanted Jersey to start paying up. They had heard rumors about that they didn't kick in, that they were only kicking in small amounts of money. They found out the detail from Jersey themselves. They only sent 10000 a year. They said that's unacceptable. And the verdict came from Vic Amuso, the boss, and the underboss, Gas Pipe. We want 50% of all your earnings. Huge number. Forcing Tumac to refuse it. So... Obviously, that's a dead sentence for Tumac. The bosses of Lucchese crime family, Vic Amuso and Gaspipe, would call in the entire faction of New Jersey. So, all made men, probably 20 or less, were called in. They all refused to go. And they went on the lam. Of course, it was, let's see who gets the prosecutor first. And snitching reg, uh, uh, Regalerio 123 was being played. They were dropping dime as fast as they could. You had a mur- murderous administration killing everybody that didn't pay them homage. And now this, right? You, everybody needs to come in. And they they even gave the order, whack all of New Jersey. This is how lunatic they were. They were never schooled for their position, Vicamuso gas pipe. They were never trained in that position. And they really, quite frankly, didn't know how to run it. So all they did was steal from their own, kill their own, intimidate their own bully their own. That's all they did. So, Amosa would get like three life term sentences. He'll rot in jail. And gas pipe dropped dying. That's how it happened. So everything was crumbling around Tumac. Jersey, guys were dropping dime left and right. The administration was killing everybody. Tumac was living in Hollywood, Florida, but he was still in charge of Jersey. But he didn't even know how he stood there. How much did he have to kick up? So Tumac decided to take the plunge like everybody else, drink the Kool-Aid, and start telling the stories. Tumac is still alive today. He, of course, was replaced. When he was there, he had a guy by the name of Michael Mad Dog Trosetta. What is it? Trosetta? that was in charge probably long gone by now but the issue with Tumac is he was old school he was taught by old timers he would have recognized keep your mouth shut do your time if it was still run by those old timers since we have taken this episode Wise Guys with the Lucchese Crime Family. We've talked about the heyday of the Lucchese Crime Family under Tommy Lucchese, under Tremonti, un- under 
Tony Ducks Corallo. And now we're on a tailspin with the short bus and these clowns. They don't know how to run it. The heyday at the 56 years since inception running without a hitch. Their leadership respecting their membership. Tony, or Tony, listen to me. Tommy Lucchese's edict was take care of your men and they'll take care of you. All that goes out the window when you put two buffoons in charge of it. And sadly, we're going to continue going down that journey in the Lucchese crime family for the remainder of the year. And we're going to see how bad they actually did destroy it. So, up next, we start going into our gun series. And we have episode 262, Safe, Clear, and Empty. We're going to talk about safety and dealing with guns. I'll be running solo on this operation. But the episode after that is triple A for those out in California and a little bit liberal in the uh, loafers. We'll spell it out for you. AAAGunsafety.com. Their chief instructor is going to be Alpha Alpha. He's going to come out with us. That's episode 263. And he's going to talk about wonderful, wonderful training that he's giving. As I said, we spoke for maybe 40, 45 minutes uh, on the interview that you're going to hear on episode 63, 263. uh, But we spoke probably another two hours after that. So, you know, when you got a good conversation going, you keep it going. All right, word of the week. It's time to get our old dusty Bibles. And we're going to turn to the book of Proverbs, chapter chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. As I turn to that, and it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct your paths. How many of us need our paths to be directed? Many, many out there. Today we live in a very confusing state that nobody knows what diabolical plan is out there. More than ever, you need that relationship with the living God. And all I can do is encourage you to go to a Bible-based church and learn the Word of God because... You can train up all day in guns and this and law enforcement in the day-to-day operation. Work out all day physically, being stronger, faster. But if you don't have God, you're just half the person. You're never going to be that full person. So, as always, don't forget to pray for yourself because without you in the game, we're not going to have anything. And don't forget, test everything. Hold fast what is good. Let me hold, Let me say this. Somebody asked me, what, what is that? It's a Bible verse. We will discuss it our next episode. And test everything is test everything that's in Scripture. Hold fast. I mean, hold it quickly and retain what is good.
That's what it means. This is Alpha Mike, and I'm out.